When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Leads Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. Rocco, we've had a very busy week. You have been selling lots and lots of your new books. I have indeed, yes. Bucket loads of books. Thanks to everybody and yeah, hope everyone enjoys them. It's been great. Not even out yet. Not out till next Monday. And yeah, they're flying off my shelf. Well, we were going to record some more. We said, right, we'll commit to it. We'll do it. I ended up being so busy sorting our website out. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole to to try and get Rocco's books on there. Then we decided, oh, should we put some t-shirts and merch on there? So yeah, the the website is fully stocked with Rocco's books. So head on over there. We've we've made loads of updates as well to keep things fresh for the new season. And uh, yeah, there's some other stuff that's going on there that we'll talk about later later in the podcast as well. But it's been a good day today for Leeds. Charlie Criswell signed a new contract. Very happy with that. Yeah. I know there was talk of him potentially going off somewhere else this summer. And I'm I'm happy. I, I want him to be given a chance. Not to say that I expect him to start on Sunday, but I want him in the squad and as one of our main centre backs and I want him to win his place and stay there forever. That'd be lovely. The thing is is that I mean, I know people get into the Liam Cooper, Luke Ayland debate a lot online, don't they, around whether they should play for the club anymore, which they absolutely should be a part of it. But I think you do have to plan for the future, and Cresswell is one they've been planning for some time. And from everything that we've heard, and you know, from talking to Hayden, his agent, who's been on the show a few times, he has always been very clear that there's been interest there. But, you know, it's great to see that he wants to honour and play for his boyhood club. He's, I mean, he's been there since he was 11 years old. So fantastic news for him. Fantastic, fantastic news for us as well. So yeah, good stuff. Very happy with that. Well, there's one, one well, not coming in, but committing. And obviously one, one left, which caused a, a lot of controversy in the last few days, which is that Wober bloke. Mm, yeah. Um, and to be honest, it came as a surprise in the end. I thought he'd gone about a week ago. Like, what took so long? <laughs> yeah. Delighted to get him out the door. I mean, I, you know, he, he came in and he did all right for a bit, but just, just want rid. I'm really happy. I'm really happy that all the, basically all the Premier League signings have gone now. Like all, all the players that I wanted to go have actually gone in terms of the signing, the new signings that came in and, uh, and everyone in the squad that I wanted to stay or that I'd, I'd hoped that we could keep. Currently, they're all there. 
So yeah, I think that will change, but so far so good. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling really positive at the moment. I think we can get off to a, I think we can get off to a flying start. I think that's what annoys me a lot about the whole Liam Cooper gang that want him gone is because you've got someone who knows what it is to play for Leeds United and knows the importance of the club and knows the significance of it. And then you've got someone who just wants to get away because this is our opinion, obviously, but they feel like they're too good enough to play in the championship for Leeds United. And I think you can't, you can't bottle that up. You can't put price on it. I think Liam Cooper, regardless of whether he's playing, is integral to the team's success this year. He is a, he is a leader and, you know, players like Charlie Cresswell, even Jamie Shackleton as well, you know, have got a lot to learn from someone like him being around. So yeah, that, that, that does frustrate me that a little bit when you've got players that just clearly want to leave. Well, that's the thing about, about Cooper as well. You know, that, that statement that came out of that quote that was attributed to him that he's said, if you don't want to be here, then fuck off. So that's the sort of thing that you want from someone like Cooper and it wouldn't come from anyone else, would it? You know, no one's going to come out and say that. So in a way, he sort of proved his worth just by that. Obviously, we need him to play well on the pitch as well. And and I think he will. I, I think Cooper will have a very good season. I, 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 maybe I've got more question marks over Ailing because of the way he finished last season. I thought, you know, there was quite a few occasions where he was he was caught caught wanting. But hopefully it's just a case of getting his confidence back, you know. I mean, it was absolutely battered over these last two years and playing a step down, you know, start off with a clean sheet, you know, start off with a win and, and soon momentum builds and people will get the confidence back. So, yeah, I think there's there's plenty to be com- pl- plenty to be positive about. Rocco, sometimes you struggle for positivity, so it's a revelation here in this come out of you. <laughs> but one thing I was thinking about earlier on on the dog wall, like as these things do sort of fly into your head, you just pick it up dog muck. <laughs> you go to bad places, don't you? And uh, what one of the things that sort of recurred for me actually is that, you know, whatever our frailties or question marks at the back are, it, at this level of the championship, I think we're probably a force to reckon with going forward. Yes, the goals haven't necessarily flowed during pre-season and they are starting to come around towards the end of it. But I do think that we've got some blistering pace and some some real quality up top, which almost makes teams fear us and not play in a in a in a direct way against us. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think I think that's what's caused this 180 degree spin of my <laughs> like watching the Hearts game. You know, I know Hearts were really poor. I mean, I, God knows how they do in the championship. I think they'd struggle. Uh, but, and it's not to say that we even played that well, but I just, I don't know, I just got a real sense of confidence in the team now. And, you know, there's so many good quality players in the forward line. I know they're all wingers, <laughs> but even still, you know, just, I think if you just chuck four of them up there and let them interchange a bit and, you know, I trust Parker to, to come up with something that works. And I don't even think you'd need a genius to, you know, just literally shove the four of them up there and, and tell them to crack on. And I'm sure they cause problems, you know, for these teams, starting with Cardiff, who we smashed five pass with Jesse Marsh in charge. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, feel, I feel really positive. I, obviously, the question mark is if we start losing the real quality players like Sinister and, and you know, maybe Harrison and Yonto, then we're starting to look a bit more mediocre. But, fast, fast forward a week, they've gone, Rocco's done another 180 and he's, He's back, he's back to work. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult because I'm the same as you with the Hearts 
well, we're comparing hearts to the level that we think we're at, I guess. And like we said a few weeks ago, you can't take too much from the friendlies. You can't get too high and mighty about them and you can't get hung up on it as well. So they are what they are. But I do think that there has been those changing arounds in the number 10 spot where you've had Nyonto and Somerville kind of taking little roles there and little testers there that I do think there is enough quality at this level to sort of fill that gap. Funny you mentioned that, I nearly forgot. <laughs> I was on a work trip last week and one of my colleagues I was talking to, he doesn't really know about football, but his whole family loves football. And last summer, they all did a prediction of the Premier League table. And the guy who I'm talking to doesn't know about football. He studied the pre-season results of each team and did his prediction based on that. And it was a bit out there, you know, somebody had, you know, I remember he had someone really ridiculous as champions, but he won. He really? got the closest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just God. based on the preseason results. So you can read everything into preseason. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's annoying. I need to go back and think about my entire life. Yeah. And uh, I know this has been talked about, and it was, it was the other week, but there was an article in the, the Daily Mail around, I think it was kind of like 49ers and what they were, their plans were at the club. And uh, Rock, I know we didn't talk about this in the prep, but I just, it's just come up on my notes and the reason why I mentioned it is because I saw in there that it said that the head of IT and the person who looked after the training ground and the stadium manager was all doing the was doing like the same job well I know that person and, uh, and I messaged them saying have you seen this in the Daily Mail and he was like no he's like is that today um, I, said, it's, <laughs> I said it's you leaking this to the Daily Mail trying to get a pay rise and it's uh, well that was really funny and, and it is true like he has done all those things for years and it, it does show you how far we, we are kind of behind in terms of infrastructure at the club. But there's some great stories from him actually where, did you ever hear the story of Bielsa talking about the plugs being out of alignment and then being moved to the training ground? Yeah, yeah. That was all through him. It was getting him to organize everyone and yeah, he played a big part in, in, in building that space at the club. So yeah, interesting guy. Brilliant. Yeah, now I'm glad you. I did ask. I did ask him on the podcast as well, but he said it's it's not it's not for him, which is fair enough. So yeah, yeah. The the article, yeah. I I I thought like some bits of it. Obviously, like it's it's a lot of hot air. Obviously, the article, but I didn't mind it. And it's good to hear. You know, good to hear them be positive about things. And there seems to be a lot of talk that, that you know that they're prioritizing the stadium development. But it still sounds like they're not going to do anything until we get promoted, which makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd I, I really wish that they'd just crack on and just do it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's going to make the club so much stronger. If yeah. they've got 200 million sat there apparently waiting to do it, well, why not just do it now? And I, th- I think it's that that prioritization is also just a, a showing of hand to the people that have invested. It's like, this is this is our plan. This is what we want to do. And this is how we're going to kind of recoup and grow your money essentially so a bit of it's sort of posturing and just saying there is a plan because we've talked about this before but there wasn't a plan anymore because when Radrizani was there because he was effectively out of the club so yeah I I think it's a good fresh start to hear that they are still thinking about these things but I don't hold my breath yeah yeah no I'm the same I'm I'm happy happy to hear that they've got the plans and uh, can't wait for it to happen next up your favourite eclair-eating, hot chocolate-drinking man, Elam Melier. I saw him. Did I tell you I saw him? Uh, yeah, I think you did, yeah. Go to he was, he's going what to, was he eating? He wasn't eating anything. He was he was drinking. We just have a, had a bottle of water. It was on the same day as the 
Forest game, I think it was, I saw him. So, yeah, I didn't shout anything at him, didn't shout anything nasty, but is it, Darlow's obviously come into the club now, which seems like a good signing for the money as well. There was talk of it being a few million, but it being a few hundred grand is it's really, really good and positive. And all the Newcastle fans seem to really rate him as a shot stopper and someone will be brilliant at our level. So really pleased with that. But where do you think that, go back to Belly, where do you think that leaves him? I feel like, I feel like the club just aren't sure. I think if, if a bid comes in for him, we'll take it. If it doesn't, then I, I feel like he's he's got the chance to be the number one. It's a, it's a weird situation, but I think Melier will be quite quite content with staying because I don't think he's going to get a good move or you know a move to a Premier League team and be number one. I think maybe he could go to a team in Europe and be number one in the top flight and, and maybe even a Europa League team. I, I don't know. I, that might be beyond him the way it's gone in the last year or so. So maybe he's just happy to play and, and build his confidence. And and if that's the case, I'm I'm all for it. You know, I, I'd love him to get back to where he was. You know, I I I believed that he was a world class keeper. You know, a year or so ago. So if we've got a world class keeper in goal again in the championship, then that's going to be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Dalo coming in. Because he's had that situation. I was talking to a Newcastle fan and, and he said Darlow was really unlucky at Newcastle. You know, he, he barely didn't put a foot wrong. He did very well. But then, you know, they just kept signing better keepers than him. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if he's happy sat on the bench. But, yeah, it's interesting to to think about what, what he was told when, he, when he's come here. Has he been told that that's the situation, that Meliate could stay and, and he's got a battle for his shirt? Maybe Darlow thinks that he can overhaul him you know a young keeper with such brittle confidence at the moment yeah interesting but I think seems nailed on LAL start the season what do you think yeah it feels like it but I, there's also that thing in my mind where I think back to Chris Wood going to Burnley that season and he started off didn't he it was his first game away at Sunderland I think it was wasn't it and then it, and then he was then he was out so there's also that that worries me a little bit is that you know the season does get started before the Premier League and then players do get tapped up and they and they leave not tapped up but they do they do leave so that i do hope that once we are into the season we are settled people leaving would would not i don't think it'd be great for us so yeah we'll just have to see what happens there either way i'm happy dalo you kind of want to get some game time because he's made that move and on the same level like you can see why someone like melia wouldn't go if there's a question mark about not playing like fundamentally you're extremely limited to opportunities as a goalkeeper so when you've got it stay there you know you think about how many class keepers there have been over time that have just sat on the bench yeah it's a good point Matt and it makes me think as well you know especially sort of with the you know you want them to sort of build a siege mentality in the club and if Melier's there and he may or may not go you sort of think in that situation if we'd have got Dalo in earlier maybe Dalo would have started the season and if Melier's still here come September yeah, it's up to him to win his place back. But I don't think we're in that situation now. I, I think I, I just get the feeling that the club think he's staying. And if there's a surprise bit that comes in, well, we've got Darlow. So seemed pretty covered. He made a pretty good save, actually, in the Hearts game. That one attempt that, where they sort of broke. I think Cooper was out of position. Not to slag Cooper off after what I said earlier. <laughs> but yeah, he, had a, he was through on goal and it was a good save. So yeah, uh, let's see what happens anyway. Outgoings, any other outgoings we need to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Apart from your books flying off the shelf. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, 
Yeah, apparently Nyonto's agent said that he didn't want to play in the championship fairly recently. So, yeah, he's not been starting at all, has he, in pre-season. He's not really played much, Nyonto. So I probably feel like they're waiting for bids for him. It's a delicate situation. I think that's why Farker has said. I mean, it, it always feels like we're just starting pre-season. Like, we've still got a lot to sort out, and that's going to be the case till September. But I'm sort of trying to look at the positive of that. You know, the players are here, so let's, you know, maybe just let's use them. You know, I don't, I, I think the players that are here, they're not itching to move, but I think they'll, they will move if, if the, if the bids come in, like, like said about Melier. So I expect Nyonto will go. I expect Sinister will go probably. Adams as well. There seems to be more talk about him. Yeah. I'd love to keep him, but if we do, I'd like to think we've got options you know, waiting in the wings. That's the thing. We've not done much business and people are getting worked up about that. But at the same time, like if, if we don't get rid of these players, I'm not so sure that we need so many players. Like, mm. Are you, are you, am I being over, over, overconfident? We forget what a slog the championship is. And then all of a sudden, once you, you get an injury, which is inevitable, you all of a sudden like, oh God, how are we going to fill that role? So I'd be worried if we sell a few players, but I think there might be one or two that, that do leave. Like it's, it's inevitable because cash needs to come in as well, so it's just who they are. I think, like you, you say, Nyonto's on the periphery, and is there a is there a, a tactical, not football sense, but a, a signing and outgoing sense of, of why that's happening? So, yeah, I'd be sad if Nyonto goes because he was kind of the one that you wanted to do really well for us, particularly in the Premier League. Obviously part of your Italian heritage as well, Rocco. It would have been brilliant. But we are where we are and we're sort of in survival mode of and just try to get out of this really. Yeah. The squad size, again, probably because I love Bielsa so much, but <laughs> I'm, I'm quite relaxed about it. It's like, I know, you know, defensively we don't have that many options, but I come to Bielsa, we never had more than three centre-backs and, and we yeah. did fine, didn't we? Yeah, but it, I suppose it's as well, like, Ampadu's settled in really well and everyone really rates him and he, he looks like a great player, but, you know, Adams is injured at the minute. If Padu gets injured, what have, what have we got? And then all of a sudden we're quite exposed, so... Yeah. Uh, and if Adams does go, what are the club doing to help recruit in that area as well with Forshaw leaving? So, no sign of Gaby sort of you know, pushing to be in the first team as well. So it does does worry me a little bit, you know, in that we are exposed if we get injuries here and there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, after Adams and Ampered in, it's Shackleton and yeah. Gray in it. Gray looks good there. That's that's another positive. Yeah, he does look good. Again, it's hard to know, isn't it? It's hard to know because he's playing, he's been playing really well and it's hard to know whether Park temperate expectation or whether it is just uh, you know he's not ready yet or whatever but no, I don't think I want to lump too much pressure on him because well it's more like lumping pressure on us and expectations on us because because <laughs> you, you you love and want and need for someone like Nyonto to succeed just shifts into someone like Gray because, <laughs> because of his heritage but you know I think we've just got to be patient with someone like him he's so young like he's got so 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 much to learn and so much to give in the game and just I give him time, basically. Yeah. Just having said that, I'd be well excited and be like, "Yeah, really want him to play on the weekend." So here we are. Uh, we we forgot about Byron, another new sign. Yeah, Sam Byron. Funnily enough, 
I was talking to someone today about his two-footed tackle on Gareth Bale that he just missed out on in the... Do you remember that? Was it in the cup? Is it, yeah, yeah. You went in and then just both feet slipped and Gareth Bale just spun around him, didn't he? That when we beat him at Ellen Road? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, didn't to, I, didn't, I didn't go to that out of protest because we'd just sold Becchio. We'd done the Becchio oh, yeah. Morrison deal and I was so angry that I, I just didn't go, didn't turn up. Mr. Classic. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Didn't he? He signed like this week in 2008, didn't he? So, yeah, there we go. Come full circle with that. Yeah, there you go. Cool. What else we got to run through? The striker situation. Yeah. Well, so the same person I was talking to today about the, the uh, Sam Byron two-footed tackle on Gareth Bale that he just missed, he also saw Bamford in town the other day. I missed him by, right. by minutes, apparently. Or seconds, should I say. Say seconds is more dramatic, isn't it? And um, he said he looked well. He was smiling with his with his family, and he, he wasn't holding his hamstring, dragging his heel across the floor. So that's that's positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> What's yeah, your thoughts on the striker situation? Yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to new one. I don't think we'll get one. I think I think we'll just go with what we've got. I think it'll be Bamford or Rutter, and if they're injured, then it'll be. Yeah. Galhart or Nonto or James. Plenty of options, isn't there? Yeah. Please not ban James again. Like that, <laughs> that experiment. That like, the last thing I'd want. It didn't work. Um, no. Nah. Bielsa tried. Marsh tried. Like, I, I, feel, I still feel really sorry for Dan James because, yeah, that was none of that was his fault. And I think... I can't... Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Go for it. I was just interrupting and agreeing, really. I, just can't, <laughs> I don't understand, like, what attributes he's got that anyone would think that he can do it up front like yeah he's fast but like you could say that for loads of places like, yeah. just because he's fast i just i just don't get that at all it's such a strange one i saw it and i feel really bad for not being able to reference this because i can't find it in our bookmarks but someone the other day wrote on twitter i think it was in response to someone on, a, on an athletic article that had been screen grabbed and they were talking about people getting mad and incensed at, at bamford um you know and like people saying that he's awful and etc and he's saying you know we really shouldn't be directing any sort of hate or aggression towards Bamford you know the club made signings that were supposed to support Bamford for years players like Ruter who have just got nowhere near him and then yet we always fall back on Bamford and his his frailties or whatever you want to call them as a, as a footballer aren't his own fault you know they their frailties that we've always known you know his 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 shooting his his finishing is not is not the best but everything else is absolutely superb so the club knew all this they didn't recruit in the right way and that's who we should be you know still focusing our frustration on not patrick bamford you know we are supporters that is what our title is therefore that's what we should be yeah yeah there's, there's no question about it yeah he he goes out there he does his best and yeah it's it's yeah it's just just not his fault is it you know i i wish that i wish he would have moved on this summer you know i i just think it would have been best for him yeah definitely. and less for us just because of everything that's happened and you know it's just like it's sad to think back you know like in the post lockdown in the lockdown days when he did his post-match interviews and he was scoring goals and he was so happy in those interviews like it actually makes me sad to think of his demeanor now, like when he scored that goal against Forrest, you know, forgetting the ace thing, you know, just, just how sad he looked. Like it, it was, it's, it's horrible. And yeah, I just want him 
you know, maybe he'll score on Sunday and you know, and he'll be uplifted and he'll have a good season. I'd, I'd absolutely love him to come back and score 20-odd goals. It'd be an incredible story. And I am absolutely certain that every single Leeds fan out there feels exactly the same. But the point is, I, I, I can't see it happening. You know, I'm, I'm here to give our, my opinion and, and that's my opinion. I just don't, I can't see it happening. I hope to God he proves me wrong because I think he's here to stay and I think he'll be our main striker this season. It's a really good point you say about him being sad and uh, I do agree. It is really sad to see him in that way because you think like fundamentally wind the clock back. He's like a, a boy that always wanted to play football and get to the highest level and score goals for your club. And then when you're scoring goals at your club and you just kind of look sad, you think, well, where's it, where's it all gone wrong? Like, why is this happening? And I sort of liken it to, you know, when you always hear about these people that have strive for success their whole lives and they sell their billion dollar business or whatever it is. And at the end of it, they're like, I wasn't that happy when I sold that billion pound business. So that's kind of what, what it look, what he looks like at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. Bless his cotton socks. Hello. Bless him. Shall I, I think that's it. I feel like I threw my, my new idea for the predictions for this season. Yeah. Rocco's had a brainwave and it means we're gonna have to commit to it and do more work. Well, I'll do the most of it. So I, I, I bloody love predictions, me. And uh, this season, instead of predicting all the matches, because the championship's so hard to predict, we're going to predict what the average rating of every player will be by the end of the season, based upon our own ratings. So after each game, me and you, James, will run through each player, give them a quick score out of 10, and then tot it all up and see how we're doing as we go along in terms of, yeah, how good we think each player is going to be for us this season might be interesting. Yeah, and the plan is at the minute is we'll put these on the website as well so you can, yeah, go check in on those and tear us to pieces, basically. And let's be honest, like, if we have an evening match or, or a game where we might have had a few to drink and we, we win, we come out victorious, we're probably just going to come back and give straight nines, aren't we? Yeah, straight, straight nine. Someone, someone gets a trip. Ten. Oh <laughs> You're more, you're more positive than me. Oh God, I don't know where I am. I don't know where it's like a you know a nervous tick type thing. But yeah, I suppose like yeah. So we'll, we'll do the predictions. It's I'll be good, and we'll cover that off on the the Cardiff game as the first one. What are we going to do? Also, our overall predictions for the season and what we scored in that game at the Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll run through it all. Good It'll all make sense. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, I suppose, like, do we do this now? Do we predict where we think we're going to finish in the season? Because this is kind of a pre preview, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, Let's do it. Cool. So first, I'll go first if you want. I I think I think it's so so difficult because the difference between the Premier League and the Championship is massive. And there's a lot of teams that we will come up against where I think we will be very, very good, the lower sides. And that was always the thing that let us down last season was that we could not win against anyone around us. We couldn't win against the, the lower level teams. And I think there's, there's a lot of points to be taken in the championship from them. So, but it's just whether we can get anything from the better teams is where is where my big question mark at the minute. And it's hard because we don't really, we haven't seen enough of us yet. So that's why, you know, there's a bit of a cop-out sort of saying all that. But for me, I do think we're going to finish probably similarly to how Fark did his first season at Norwich. I can't see us 
being a top six team, I think right where I am right now is I do feel like we'll be like 10th. Oh my God. Yeah. So hang on a minute. So if I had, a, if we had a club like this two weeks ago, you a hundred percent would have said the same. Oh no, I'd have said about 17 weeks. As, as, I think I'm learning more about myself from doing these podcasts because like at the beginning of last season, I thought we were going to go down and then we win a game and I get really excited. I think we're going to be good. I, it, I mean, it's embarrassing, but I actually think we're going to do really well now. How much of us piss the league? Is that what you're thinking? Well, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm considering just saying first because like, these ones. But I, I, I think I do believe in Farker. I think we've got, I think we've already got the basis for of a championship winning squad there. I know we're going to lose players, but maybe we'll just get some good ones and maybe, maybe there's not going to be that crippling pressure now because we've already got promoted and I think right, people are scared from the Premier League. I don't, I don't really think people care as much as they did when we went up last time. And I think, I don't know, I feel like there might be like a bit of, I don't know, like a weight lifted off our shoulders this season. This could be completely wrong, but just the way I'm feeling now, I'm feeling good. So I am, I'm going to say that Leeds are going to win the league. So Lee, I think it was in our Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, there's like a little poll that goes under it and I'll change it to what do you, what are your predictions for the season? So anyone can comment on there on this episode and just tell, tell us what you think, where, where we'll finish and we'll, we'll have a read through them and we'll talk about it on the next podcast. But. Lee a few weeks ago and left a comment on there, Rocco, for you saying cheer up or along those lines. Like you have literally since since Lee said that you've got you cheered up. I know. Well, it's because I wrote the squad out and I just like it, it was that realization that everyone's gone that I didn't want to be here and everyone's still here that I want to be here. So yeah, like I say, that could all change. You know, if we sell a, a load of players and don't bring in good ones, then we're gonna have a mediocre season and you'll be right. Uh, well, I think. It- as well, you know, you say you learn things about yourself. I think I, I have come to 10 in my mind, so I'm not disappointed with what happens, which is stupid. It's like, why don't you just predict what you actually think? And so, so if I go with me thinking, you're not going to be disappointed if you say 10 and we finish above, but on paper, if I look at it as a team, I think we are on the edge of like playoffs is where I think we are. So, but I'm going to yeah. stick, I'm going to stick with 10. That's like to manage my own. Mental health, I think. Okay. Well, if we get if we finish in between mine and your prediction, I'll, I think I'll be quite happy with that. I think if if we if we're in the playoffs, I think I think we'll have done well from where we were at the end of last season. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I feel like yeah, the championship's so unpredictable. Like you know, why not? Like it it can happen. So yeah, brilliant, cool. So yeah, let, as I say, let let us know your predictions on Spotify comments or drop us a tweet or whatever. Always good to hear from everyone. And yeah, that's probably it for us until the season starts, which is which is crazy. Like pre-season has absolutely flown by. And yeah, Rocco, what's the actual date of your book coming out? Because I know it's not really out yet, is it? No, out on the 7th, day after Cardiff. Brilliant. Monday, Monday the 7th. Yeah, it's available in loads of decent shops, but it's also on leadsat.com. You can buy it on their £15 free delivery and uh, Rocco you're, you're gonna graffiti on them as well if people want it I will graffiti yeah whether they want it or not scribbling all over that thing the so, yeah uh, pick up a copy there it's really good I've started reading it I could say to Rocco before this I need glasses now I'm getting that old that I haven't been able to 
even read it. So they find it. My glasses finally arrived. So I'm going to start reading it this weekend. <laughs> Lovely job. Do it. Why don't we? We need to predict the Cardiff score as well. Oh, God. Do we have to do that? Yeah. I'm going 4 0 Leeds. I was going to say 4 0 Leeds. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 4 0 Leeds. They're there for the taking. So, yeah. Let, let's just have a good one. Carry it into the next game and the next and the next. And we finish first. Easy, eh? Brilliant. Great stuff. Cool. So, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you after the Cardiff game. Network.